I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, Michigan fans. This is Trevor Woods from SB Nation's Maze and Brew. This is the 14th post-game reaction pod that I have done this season. There have been 13 victories before today, tonight, New Year's Eve. It's almost midnight, and we're going to welcome in 2023. And 2023, January of that year, will not feature a Michigan football game. Michigan came up short in the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona at State Farm Stadium. A wild, wild one. A game that is going to be very difficult for me to summarize here. And I'm going to do my best. And I'm going to do it effectively and factually. TCU won the game 51-45. to They took a 14-0 lead into the second quarter. By halftime, that lead became 21-6. to the second half, absolutely insane amount of scoring. Michigan actually outscored the Horn Frogs in the second half, 39-30, to 30, but wasn't enough. Didn't get the job done. The game is defined by many big plays by both teams, both quarterbacks, but... Also, misfires, as Jim Harbaugh put it at his post-game press conference by both teams and ended up costing Michigan. And there was some bad officiating in this one, too, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But Michigan started slow in this one. But it could be argued they actually started fast. A big, long run of 54 yards by Donovan Edwards 
the first play of the game almost looked like it was going to be a touchdown. And for a moment it felt like, here we go, the route might be on. But Michigan ends up getting in the red zone via a very crazy J.J. McCarthy, Fran Tarkenton-like run. Got Michigan with goal to go. Michigan decided to go for it on fourth down. A Philly special-esque play where Colston Loveland took the ball. Looked like it was going to be a pass to J.J. McCarthy. That play was stopped. Jim Harbaugh said he thought it was going to work. He said that's on him. He takes responsibility for that play call. And uh, if he had a chance, he would have called something other than that. So seven points there. They thought they were going to get seven. They could have got three. Jake Moody's as money as they get. Had a 59-yard field goal in this one right before halftime that gave Michigan a little bit of juice heading into the locker room. But anyway, that first drive, no points. TCU capitalized off some J.J. McCarthy mistakes. Two big, big mistakes by Michigan's 19-year-old quarterback. Both resulted in touchdowns for TCU via interception returns, pick sixes. Absolutely brutal. The percentages for a team to win a game in which a quarterback throws two pick sixes is around 99.9%. Steve Kornacki, legendary Michigan rider. Actually, every everything legendary rider. Tigers, Tampa Rays, you name it. But Steve gave me that stat that it's virtually unheard of for a team to win a game when the quarterback throws two pick sixes. But also got to give... Michigan credit, have to give McCarthy credit. A lot of teams and quarterbacks would have folded, but Michigan kept scratching and clawing back in this one, and it was rough. The TCU defense, they were fast, they were physical, they were flying to the football. They had a good chunk of hard hits in this one, McCarthy was under duress a lot. He took some really big hits in this one. Kept getting up a couple times. I was concerned he might not get back up, but he continued to do so. And TCU did a very good job of taking away just short to intermediate routes. It was very difficult for receivers to get open. And then there were a couple times when receivers were open that it wasn't on J.J. He simply just didn't have enough time to throw. J.J., he's going to look at this tape, and there's going to be some plays that you could say he had a little bit of happy feet or uh, took him maybe a little too long to process something where he should have scrambled to get some yards, and he decided to stay in the pocket, stand strong, stay, stay tough, hang in there. But the kid's got great wheels, and he, when he did run in this one, he had a two-point conversion successful via his legs. He had a 39-yard scamper in this one. He had a touchdown run. He was running all over the place, guys. And McCarthy had 52 rushing yards, but it's actually more than that because in college football, when there's a sack, it takes away some yards. So McCarthy would have had more than the 52. But 
It was a gutsy performance, and what's going to stick in the mind of McCarthy in the days to come, what's going to eat it is his psyche is those two interceptions, but he also made some of the best throws he's made as a Michigan quarterback to this point. Some long ones to Ronnie Bell and Roman Wilson and Colston Loveland. Some were just absolutely threading the needle. And going forward, I know it's a tough pill to swallow right after loss for fans, coaches, players, and anybody who gives a damn about this program. But the fact of the matter is the future is still bright. Michigan's going to lose some key pieces. Center Oluwitimi is going to be gone. It's looking like tight end Luke Schoonmaker's going to be going to the NFL. And that hurt in this one. Early on, Schoonmaker had a 32-yard reception, and that was it for him in the game. And his arm was in a sling after the game. So I absolutely hated to see that. And if that is how his career ends at Michigan, Hats off to you, sir. You're a great teammate, great leader, and I love your story and following it. So hats off to you. And that's what's always kind of, you know, kind of sad, I guess you could say, about the game of college football. And what also makes it special is no team is the same year by year. It, there's always a new identity. There's new leaders that emerge. There's new faces. It's a continuous coming and going. And Ronnie Bell, we'll see if he's going to be back. I think he's going to be gone, heading to the NFL. And these are just some of the people who are going to be gone. But like I said, new people were emerged. But back to the game at hand, the... Final score of 51 to 45 was the highest points total in a Fiesta Bowl. The 59 yard field goal by Jake Moody, that is a program record for the University of Michigan football team. So, what we witnessed on Saturday afternoon, which seemed like a very long game just because of so much scoring and stoppages, just wow, and I was there. So grateful and so blessed to be there, but this is still going to take me a long time to process. But boy, was it something. And to the casual football fan, I would sure like to think they're on the edge of their seats. And, you know, if they're not, go watch some soccer or something, seriously. Because Harbaugh said the winner of this game was the game of football. And he's right. He gave TCU a ton of credit and Coach. Sonny Dykes, and their offensive line, the TCU offensive line did really damn good too. Uh, They had 263 yards on the ground with three touchdowns. Max Duggan was quite inconsistent in this one. A lot of errant throws. The pass rush seemed to almost be getting home for Michigan sometimes, but only one sack on the day opposed to four for TCU. Um. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Duggan got out of trouble, and actually a couple of Duggan's touchdowns, both of them, to Barber and Johnston, the pressure was closing in on Duggan, but the pass rush didn't get home, and boom, there's two scores there. So just across the board, very impressed by TCU. I'll be the first to acknowledge that I dogged them for a good chunk of this year that I didn't think the Big 12 was good. TCU, they've been like the Minnesota Vikings to where they've won all these close games. And uh, realistically, they could have had a 7-5 and five season. But good teams find a way to win in crunch time. And TCU has done that consistently. They're heading to the national championship. Congratulations, TCU. It, it kind of pains me to say that. Um... I was hoping to be in Los Angeles myself covering the Michigan football Wolverines, and now I don't get to. So that certainly stings, but congratulations to TCU. Who I will not give a congratulations to is the officiating crew. Absolutely god-awful, horrible, horrible. They were SEC officials, and uh, I actually had an article about this that one of the Officials is an Ohio State alum, the center judge, Chris Garner, and uh, good luck to you, sir, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, but the bottom line is, this crew sucked, they dropped the ball, and a Roman Wilson, which should have been a 50-yard touchdown catch, they took off the damn board, and there is no conclusive evidence that Wilson was short the play at hand Wilson his knee is down momentarily he's kind of sitting you could say on the ground close to the goal line the ball is in his hands however he's still bobbling it and hasn't completed the catch Wilson certainly does not have possession of the football yet And yet, it was actually a pretty quick review. That's what made it even more surprising. And they overturned the call on the field. And ESPN did a thing where they spliced all these different cameras together. It was was very, very cool to see from a scientific physics point of view. And uh, it looked like it was a touchdown. And at the very least, there's no way in absolute hell, that you can overturn that call. So, 
Some of you may be saying, well, you can't complain about referees when there's two pick sixes and other big plays that Michigan's defense gave up and a fumble on the goal line, but Khalil Mullins right after the fact, they, as I said, they overturned it, balls at the one-yard line, the next play, it almost seems like a curse, man. You just, the type of stuff you can't make up, it just seems like if you put that in a movie, you'd have to you know, edit that part out of the script because it seems like BS, or if you're going for a BS movie, put that in the script. But that's what happened. The next play, Mullings fumbles. TCU gets the football. So, man, there's all these weird, bizarro plays that went against Michigan and went the other way, and they shouldn't have had to be in that position. Bottom line, can blame Mullings, can blame the play call, to give the ball to Mullins, a guy who linebacker for much of the season, uh, it worked him out. You know, in spring ball, he's even running back. He, they, but due to injuries to Nakai Hill Green and others, they they brought him back to linebacker. And then when Corum got hurt, they brought him back to running back. But that's besides the point. Mullins shouldn't have been in that position. The Michigan offense shouldn't have been in that position. They shouldn't have had to run another play. That was already a touchdown. So, absolutely ridiculous, atrocious. Uh, I think somebody should be fired. That should be investigated. Uh, it, just just pathetic, absurd, astonishing. Um, I have a lot of words for it, but uh, I have no words for it either because just bullshit. How about that? Bullshit. The first time I've cussed on this podcast all year, and I think I picked the precise time to call out some BS and then at the very end of the game let's just fast forward to that there's actually a a ball spot that it was spotted incorrectly that uh, went against Michigan but the last play of the game under a minute left fourth down play um, it was actually a fumble looked like some miscommunication on the snap McCarthy had a shotgun and uh Anyways, some laterals, uh, then Donovan Edwards tosses to Colston Loveland. Loveland gets hit, and it was targeting. He gets hit in the, the back of the, the neck area. Clear targeting, textbook targeting. It's targeting. If that isn't targeting, I don't know what targeting is, and I do know what targeting is. And if you look online, other officials agree with me, uh, on both of these occasions, for example, Terry McCauley, who is the uh, former official, but now he's ESPN's point man on Monday Night Football, um, or, or actually it might be Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I think it's Sunday Night Football. My point, though, is McCauley said like there's nothing, absolutely nothing that could have been done to overturn that touchdown call to Roman Wilson. There is a site called Football Zebras, that they follow official assignments, they evaluate officials' performances during games, so I can't wait to see what they say, but they're in agreement with me. I know what the hell I'm talking about. And and Michigan, I'm not saying that if they call it targeting and they get 15 yards, they believe the ball would have been roughly um, getting inching closer to the 50-yard line with around 36 seconds left. But it would give them a chance, and they deserve that chance within the confines of the rules. So everybody has a job to do. The coaching staff of Michigan could have done a better job. 
the offense could have done a better job at times. The defense could have done a better job at times for Michigan. But, no, it's not a cop-out to spend a few minutes talking about this SEC crew that should be held accountable. Absolute BS, and like I said, absolutely despicable. But it's going to be hard to evaluate everything that happened in this game, guys. And thank you for sticking with me so far, if you're still here. But big plays define the game. You you look at some of these scores in the second half. It's just, just wow. 20-yard touchdown run by McCarthy. You have a... 76-yard reception by Quinton Johnston. Absolutely brutal sequence there. On a third down, roughly, I believe it was around third and seven, maybe longer. Looked like Duggan's going to get sacked. He doesn't. And then it almost looks like Johnston's going to go out of bounds. And then once he broke the tackle, off to the races. So, what more to be said? Well, a lot. We have all off-season to talk about this and all the immediate days to come. But for now, it's New Year's Eve. And the overall message is this. And it's not going to be mine. It's going to be the message of Jim Harbaugh, the message of J.G. McCarthy and other players. Harbaugh said he's proud of the team. said it's a locker room of heroes. J.J. McCarthy made a promise, and he said, I promise that we'll be back, meaning back to the college football playoff. McCarthy, he was one of the only players left on the field at the conclusion of the game, and he watched the TCU team celebrate with the confetti falling and the trophy ceremony and things like that. McCarthy's very upset, and that's one of the things I absolutely hate about covering football and especially when a team is on the losing end all the work these guys put in from the players to the coaching staff and just to see them so sad and some crying um I don't care how tough of a man you are and some of these guys are as tough as they come it's hard to see and then you think about their families and you know their girlfriends um, their their parents, their mothers, fathers, their grandparents, um, anybody who's ever associated with them that loves and cares for these people, their hearts are wrenching right now, and their hearts might even be broken. But um, what's broke sometimes can be fixed, and that's what Michigan will try to do. They'll need to keep their chins up. They'll need to realize that yes. They came up a bit short, but there's still a lot to be proud about. They won a Big Ten championship. They beat Ohio State. They won 13 games this season, and they came up just six points shy of heading to that national championship game. But, hey, folks, for now, Happy New Year to you all. I sincerely thank you all for listening to me. All season long, reading my articles and all my colleagues here at Maze and Brew means the absolute world. I give a lot of my heart and soul to this game of football. A lot of travels for me throughout the year. I live in northwest Indiana. I 
make the trek up to lovely Ann Arbor each and every weekend and stay at least a couple days up in that beautiful city. And I, I always miss it so much when the season ends. It starts with sweltering heat, ends with blistering cold, but I love it um, no matter what month of the year. Truly one of the special cities in America and one of the most special cities in the Midwest. Certainly one of the most special universities, not only in the nation, but in the world. But Michigan's in good hands. Jim Harbaugh's a great coach. A coach who just comes up short by this much. And someday, that's going to change. Look at Andy Reid. Chiefs coach Andy Reid, he went to three, four, four NFC Championship games. Andy Reid didn't look like he was ever going to win one. But then he did. And he's a legend now. He's a Hall of Famer. Jim Harbaugh is already a Hall of Famer in my view for what he's done at Stanford, San Francisco 49ers. And yeah, now Michigan. How many games has Michigan lost the past two years, guys? How many? How many? Three. They've only lost three games in a two-year span. A lot of great Saturdays for fans, huh? A lot of great Saturdays just sitting with fans, sitting with loved ones. And you might be frustrated at times even when Michigan wins, but they won. Not today. Not today. As I started this podcast off with, it's going to be a tough one to swallow. But collectively, that's what we're all going to have to do, and we'll be better for it. But I'm going to be signing off for now. And follow me on Twitter, at Woods Football. Follow us on Twitter, at Maze and Brew. And uh, I'll be talking to you guys soon. And uh, much love, much love always. And thank you. Thank you once more.